0: In this week's episode, I talk about body dysmorphia. Regardless of how you've felt during the pandemic, it's probably got you feeling some type of way about your body, and I give you my two cents on that and how it has affected me in boy mode and as Giselle. Sierra dives deeper into the topic and tells you how body dysmorphia and gender dysphoria affects her as a trans person. I then give you my Patreon pitch and Kirsten of all things to discuss. In the height of all the craziness in the world today, Kirsten Talks TikTok. The famous app that's all the rave in this week's Kirsten's Corner. It's episode 73 of the Cross Yas podcast. So
1: shall we begin? Yas. Yes! Yes, 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 yes. Cross yes podcast which is him here, so Yes! Yes, 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 yes,
0: Welcome to the Cross Yas Podcast. The podcast that says yass to everything related to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. I'm your cross-dressing host, Giselle Marisol. I'm also a nurse. I'm a trans advocate. And I love to wear a mask. Because, you know, COVID. If you're looking for behind-the-scenes stuff, check out our website, www.crossyasspodcast.com. And if you want to support the podcast and get some cool bonus content, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash crossyass. That's patreon.com forward slash C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S. And finally, if you have a story you want to share it's cross-dressing sexuality or gender related and you're wondering hmm should i share it with someone well you know me and you know the podcast the answer is allowed freaking yes email me giselle at crossyaspodcast.com. you can also tweet me at crossyas or dm me on instagram at crossyass podcast can't wait to hear from you it's deep into november everybody and i hope you're having a good one so far here in giselle's neck of the woods um, it's gotten kind of cooler here in Southern California. So now we're having to wear sweaters and just keeping it home because COVID cases are still rising in the United States because, again, people still refuse to follow CDC guidelines like wearing a mask, social distancing, and not gathering in large groups. So if you don't hate COVID now, well, you will. Because although there is a vaccine in the works out there, it's probably not going to be readily available for everyone just quite yet. And with the holidays coming up, that means you probably might not be able to be close to your family members. Which, on second thought, I don't know, maybe some of you actually don't want to be around them.
1: Oh, You're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right.
0: So yeah, actually that means you'll avoid the awkward family conversations, there'll be no divisive political talk, and no one asking why you gained so much weight during COVID.
2: Well, I don't want to alarm you, but you're probably getting fat.
0: Which brings me to the main topic I'll talk about in this episode, which is body dysmorphia. More specifically and clinically, it's referred to as body dysmorphic disorder, or BDD, also known as body image disorder, which, according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, is a disorder characterized by persistent and intrusive preoccupations with an imagined or slight defect in one's appearance. I'll talk more about that in detail I'll give you my own personal thoughts on the issue and Sierra in this week. Sierra says we'll talk about body dysmorphia as well as gender dysphoria as a trans person. The rest of this episode will also have me give you my Patreon pitch for the month of November, and Kirsten will talk about the infamous app, TikTok, in this week's Kirsten's Corner. It's another fun-filled educational episode here on the Cross Yas podcast. So without further ado, here's episode 73. Enjoy everyone. Alright, so before I talk and get too deep into this subject, if you get to the end of each of my episodes, you guys already know, I always leave you with the disclaimer that you should know I am not able to diagnose anything. So if you feel like you have a disorder of any sorts, be it body image disorder, gender dysphoria, or any disorder, please go seek a medical professional like a doctor, a therapist, or a licensed medical professional who can actually treat you. Yes, I am a nurse, but that doesn't give me the power or jurisdiction to treat anything you may or may not have. Also, since we're on the topic of diagnosis, please try not to self-diagnose yourself. If your doctor is WebMD or Google MD and you seek all the solutions to your medical problems via the internet, yeah, don't do that. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do any of that? Please seek an actual human being who is licensed, board-certified, has a non-expired medical professional license who actually went to school, got a degree, and is actively still working as a medical professional. Not one of these, I was a doctor in the 80s and tells you they know what's best and doesn't keep up with the most current research. You don't want those kind of doctors. Please, (laughs) yeah, don't listen to them. Seek out someone who has the actual qualifications and expertise and proof that they are able to practice medicine and actually keeps up with current medical standards. And none of this homeopathic nonsense. If someone tells you that essential oils are gonna cure you, yeah, don't, don't listen to them. I'm talking actually board certified practitioners who listen to science and have the qualifications to actually treat any condition you may or may not have. And if you're gonna try to play the symptoms game and just Google your symptoms, chances are that paper cut you suffered from cutting yourself, I don't know, flipping yourself on the newspaper, I don't know, is probably, well, you know what you got? You got cancer. Or lupus. Stop acting like an idiot. Yeah, they're stupid. So please (laughs) don't be dumb. And please go seek professional help from a licensed medical professional if you have a condition, again, you're not sure you might have. But that being said, let's talk about body image disorder or body dysmorphia disorder, aka BDD. And if you're like me, um, you hate your body. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Yes, I know. I'm fucking weird to say that, but... I'll elaborate on that in a bit, but let me first talk about why I bring body dysmorphia as a main topic on this episode. Recently, my friend Jen, not the girlfriend from hell, which, fuck her by the way, but Jen, my coworker, and Ashley, a new crossdresser who I've been talking to from Oklahoma, hi Ashley, well, we were all talking about a new documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Now I finally got a chance to watch it this past weekend and I kind of enjoyed it. In that documentary, the main argument that the documentary is arguing um, is that social media has such a grasp on people that we need to change the power they have on us as human beings before it's too late, hence the title, The Social Dilemma. And yes, that's true. Social media has a huge impact on our day-to-day lives, and if you are wondering what that might mean in the future, well, I recommend for you, the Cross Yas listener, to watch it if you haven't already. But of the many things they talk about on the documentary, one of the more memorable scenes was where they had a medical doctor discuss the increased number of hospital admission rates for suicides and suicide attempts amongst teenage girls and pre-teenage girls, and how that coincided with the rise of social media apps like Instagram and Snapchat between the years of 2011 and 2013. Yes, I know correlation doesn't mean causation, and yes, they are only talking about girls in their study, but the argument that social media has such a stranglehold on us as a society is probably true. Or at least I think you'd have to be blind to think that social media doesn't have some major influence on our lives. But we're not talking about social media in this episode, even though I'm talking about it, but our main thing we want to talk about, or at least that I want to talk about, is body dysmorphia. And I can't help but think that maybe the rise of suicide rates amongst those teenage girls and preteen girls is probably related to how those girls view their bodies, you know, and how they share pictures, videos, and other images and ideas of themselves that might not be the most healthy on social media. But let me try my best to explain because I have some firsthand experience. So, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Giselle. Hi, guys. Um, I personally work in the pediatric ICU and I've cared for many teenage girls and preteen girls who have had suicide attempts. And, well, usually if they failed, well, they end up in the pediatric ICU. And, well, they're usually not the greatest outcomes depending on how severe their suicide attempt was. Um, the youngest girl I think I ever t- took care of was who had suicidal ideations was, I think, only 10 years old. But my most memorable patient I ever had, well, the way I think she... It sticks with me because I think the way she tried to kill herself was not only tragic, but stupid and an unfortunate waste on medical resources. Again, let me try and elaborate on this case. I believe the girl was around the time, I don't know, she was 13 years old, and she was having what she called beef, you know, or what the kids called back then beef, or when you had drama or whatever, with another girl because of how she was made fun of by another girl and a boy that she liked online. Anyways, and I know this is just childish teenager drama, which, again, as an adult like myself, and I'm sure you're listening to this, makes absolutely no sense. But to a teenage girl, this is probably her whole world. So, try and picture it from her point of view because you remember you were a teenager once and you had stupid teenager drama so yeah well I guess for my patient a boy liked her but there was a weird uh, doctored image posted and I guess the boy had um, laughed at the photo that was posted of her online and I'm not quite sure but I'm pretty sure it was photoshopped of sorts but anyways she says that people called her ugly and mocked her photo online and on social media so Uh, Well, uh, I guess my patient, she felt that her whole world was over. You know, how how dramatic kids can get. And men, not even going to generalize, but you know how dramatic some adults can get. Well, uh, yeah, she felt like her whole world was over, so she attempted to kill herself. And not in the way you would typically see in the movies, like, I don't know, cutting her wrist or driving off a cliff or hanging yourself. Well, actually, she took the, I guess, less less romanticized way of killing herself, she actually took pills. For some quick suicide statistics, according to Boston Children's Hospital, uh, suicide is the second leading cause of death in young people between the ages of 10 and 24, but it is the 10th leading cause of death for the overall population, at least in America. And although firearms are the most frequently used method of death by suicide in the United States, the most frequent methods used by teenagers are hanging, jumping from high places, and overdosing on pills or other poisons. So I guess my patient fit the mold there. Now, what pills did my patient take? You might be thinking she overdosed on some street drugs or maybe a party drug like Molly or Ecstasy. Well, actually, she went into her kitchen medicine cabinet and she tried to overdose on Tylenol, which apparently is a very common thing. From what my doctors at work tell me, although Tylenol seems like it's not easily overdosed a lot of kids come into the hospital with uh, Tylenol overdoses. And Tylenol overdoses surprisingly is treatable and reversible in small amounts, if, especially if they're taken just slightly over the recommended limit by the, I don't know is it the ADA or recommended doses on the bottle. But for my patient, in this instance, she literally took over two bottles worth of Tylenol, or the equivalent of about 400 tablets. Now, if you're a medical professional, you're probably thinking there's no way she took that much. Yeah, she took that much. She actually took 400 tablets because people usually over-exaggerate the number of pills they take, but at the scene, they found two empty bottles of Tylenol and they were full prior to her taking them. And if you're a medical professional, you also know that with that much Tylenol, you can go into acute liver failure, but I think she took so much that for her instance, we actually had to transfer her to a hospital where they took care of transplants because they had to place her on a liver transplant list. Yeah, so she was actually, yeah, she was actually put on a list for people to get a new transplant. So yeah, it was stupid. And again, an unfortunate waste of medical resources because she took a place of someone who actually needs a liver and did it for, again, selfish reasons or stupid reasons for whatever happened at the time. But Anyways, I think it all comes back down to the photo where a teenage girl was made fun of because she was told she was ugly. And yes, there are other factors here that come into play, like social media's influence on my patient. You can even argue that where were the parents, the parental supervision, like this is on the parents for doing it. And you can also argue maybe mental health has a huge play in this as well. And that goes into the BDD as well. But as I see it, I think root of it starts with being called ugly and how she pur- perceived her own self. And yes, body dysmorphia is an issue for a lot of girls, especially teenagers and prepubescent girls with their constantly changing bodies. And yes, social media exposes us to others and people with these, you would argue, unattainable ideals of what the perfect person is supposed to look like. But really, again, I think that comes back to what is considered beauty and what is the ideal attractiveness for our bodies that we'd be comfortable with. So let's get back to body dysmorphia. As I mentioned it before, the Anxiety and the Depression Association of America defines body dysmorphia disorder, or BDD, also known as body image disorder, as a disorder characterized by persistent and intrusive preoccupations with an imagined or slight defect in one's appearance. But to be clinically diagnosed as BDD by a medical professional, it's usually people with BDD think about their real or perceived flaws for hours each day. They can't control their negative thoughts and don't believe people who tell them that they look fine. Their thoughts may cause severe emotional distress and interfere with their daily functioning. They may miss work or school, avoid social situations, and isolate themselves, even from family and friends, because they fear others will notice their flaws. And, like I also said earlier, I hate my body. Like, I really hate my body, but not like I hate my body, (laughs) I guess. I just wish there were things I could change. And luckily for me, I don't spend hours on thinking about the problems that my body has each day or the perceived uh, flaws my body has. Maybe I spend minutes or several minutes, but thankfully not for hours each day. But that's just me and those are demons that I know reside all in my own head and I have my own insecurities, but those insecurities are my own and no one else's. In fact, Here's a list. Okay, I'm gonna share with you guys that again, I don't mind sharing with you, the Cross Yas listener, of what I don't like about myself. And if you share the same insecurities, well, shoot, jump on board the ugly train. All aboard. Chugga,
2: chugga, chugga, chugga.
1: Chugga, chugga. Shugga, chugga. All aboard the choo-choo train. All aboard the choo-choo train. All aboard the choo-choo train. All aboard. All aboard. Choo-choo!
0: Okay. See, I don't like my belly. Okay, I don't like my stomach because I think it's a little big. And with COVID, I'm sure a lot of you have the same issue. I've gained more weight because the gyms are closed and I just haven't... And I just have been so stressed lately with moving houses and not being able to see my friends and family uh, so readily like I used to before COVID. And so I just haven't been able to keep up a healthy diet. You know what? I also don't like how broad my shoulders are because it makes me feel manly and not girly enough. When I put on a dress... I don't know, I just feel like a linebacker for an American football team who's about to tackle someone, or a male wrestler who's going to carry someone in a suplex. And you know what? I especially hate how hairy my body gets, because it doesn't make me feel feminine enough. Sure, it's great for the winter, because, you know, I get to be all warm, but fuck, I hate how sweaty it makes me get. Shoot, I also haven't gotten my pubic hair sugared in almost a year, because the sugaring store is closed, and they offer outdoor sugaring, but ugh, no. Being all exposed outside, not my not my cup of tea, okay? No thanks. And I could shave all my hair off, but the hair comes right back and I hate the stubble feeling on my legs and my armpits. And I mean, I can go on, right? The list of my own insecurities is is essentially endless. And I'm sure you have your own perceived defect you have on your face or body or wherever. And you know what? It's probably only a defect in your own mind. For all these insecurities I have, And again, there's more here to list than I have time for in this episode, but I've actually learned to live with them. All these flaws are my own, and well, again, they're mine, and no one else's. And you know what? They only stay in my head, and if I don't think about them, and actually deal with them, I don't know, it it helps. (laughs) I mean, I'm slowly learning to accept the things I cannot change, like I learned in GA, or what you learn in AA, right? In Alcoholics Anonymous or Gamblers Anonymous, like... For my stomach, for example, yes, I do have a little bit of a belly, and you know what? Who doesn't? Bellies are meant to be—I don't know—not emaciated. They're meant to be full. It means you've eaten. It could be a little slimmer, and yeah, it could have less fat, but I guess it also could be a little more toned. But that means I'd have to give up cookies and ice cream. But shh, what the fuck? Who wants to live like that? Cookie. I mean, my pre-COVID pictures did have me looking skinnier in photos, but I'll tell you right now that took a ton of work. I was intermittently fasting. I was exercising more, and I was eating a whole lot better. But I don't know. I'll get back to that. And if I don't, you know what? That's okay. It's also much harder to do as you age, to because you know you have to fight your your metabolism's way slower, and I don't know. You're just feeling more tired, or I don't know. Maybe that's just me. You're so old. I don't know. I, I guess I am really old, but. Not really that old, I'm 32. But feminine me, the Giselle part of me, used to be skinny in the stomach and the rest of my body. And now, well, my stomach's more full. My old clothes don't fit me, and I don't know, I'm less hungry? (laughs) But that's okay. This all just gives me a reason to buy more clothes, I guess. This back and forth I have with my belly and my body is a day to day thing that I deal with pretty much every day. And I know I gotta change some of my habits, but I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. But see, that's something I can change. My broad shoulders, on the other hand? Yeah, I have broad shoulders. I can't really change that. And you may feel the same way about your own shoulders, especially if they're broad like mine. But for me, again, I've come to terms with them being so broad, and you know what? That's perfectly okay. If we're talking about passing when I'm Giselle, well, you'd probably think broad shoulders might make it hard to pass, but I've learned to adapt. I've learned that by wearing certain feminine clothes that can help bring attention away from the broadness of my shoulders like halter dresses or jumpsuits and rompers. Well, my shoulders may be broad, but that's okay. It's not that big of a deal anymore. It's no
1: big deal. It's no big deal.
0: And as far as the hairiness thing, well, that's going to be an endless battle. Let's face it. It's never going away. Even with the sugaring and the waxing and all the hair removal products, it's an it's an endless struggle for me and many others. But back to my body dysmorphia and issues you may have with your own body. Just think about them and maybe even list them down. It'll help to tackle them and develop a plan to maybe fix them if they're fixable. My small list of insecurities are things that do bring me anxiety, and if you feel like your own insecurities bring you anxiety or make you depressed, don't be surprised that they do that. Hell, I got the definition of body image disorder and BDD directly from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. Ooh, interesting. So whatever your insecurities you feel like are only happening to you, And you think you're the only one who has those insecurities well you're wrong it's false no way not this time you're not wrong about feeling insecure but you're mistaken in thinking that you're the only one dealing with these same problems because there are other people who exist that feel those exact same feelings and there are people in the future who will have those same problems too so and maybe this is just my personal opinion i feel you should talk to someone about those feelings the key to dealing with your own insecurities surprisingly, is having a healthy and understanding support system. One that will help guide you and help you along your path in life. If you don't have that, well, find one. I know it's easier said than done, but if that means seeking a therapist to help you deal with those issues, then so be it. If you need to talk to me or tell me how you're feeling, I'm totally down to listen. Email me, Giselle at Crossyaspodcast.com, tweet me at CrossYas or DM me on Instagram at CrossYasPodcast just know I can't diagnose you or give you medications or tell you what you should or shouldn't do. I mean, I can offer my own two cents and weigh in on things, but really, I'm just here to listen and tell you about my own experiences because realistically, that's all I can do for you. I can talk about my story and have others come on the podcast to tell their story. But like I said, I'm not trying to diagnose you. That is not my job! And if you're seeing yourself obsessing over your perceived quote-unquote flaws for hours each day and it's affecting your daily life, Please seek professional medical attention, and for those of you who think I'm only talking about girls and women, or trans people, and cross-dressers of course, like myself who want to be women, BDD also affects men. According to the American Psychiatric Association, BDD most often develops in adolescents and teens, and research shows that it affects men and women almost equally. In the United States, BDD occurs in about 2.5% of males, and in 2.2% of females, BDD often begins to occur in adolescence between 12 and 13 years of age. Now, I struggle sometimes with being manly enough for the male me, but also feminine enough for Giselle. And it's probably going to be an eternal struggle. Having a belly, and I know this is completely backwards, works in my male mode, but when I'm Giselle, it's like, fuck, having a belly is not make me feminine enough. But that's the funny thing about all this. How body dysmorphia will always be an issue if you don't figure out what you're comfortable with. And what kind of body you're happy being in. And I'm slowly accepting that I love ice cream and carbs. So maybe having a little bit of a belly is okay for me. I don't know what's best for you, but I do know that we all have some work to do. And both males and females have issues with how we look. And a lot of us are insecure about how we present to the world. And again, this goes back to those teenage girls and prepubescent girls in that Netflix documentary who they talked about had increased rates of suicide. Look, changing bodies at such a young age and committing suicide, or at least attempting to, is kind of scary. Yes, social media plays a huge role in shaping how we talk to others, but at that young of an age, it's probably best to teach those young girls to accept our flaws and embrace what makes them unique. And maybe, not just girls, but boys too. I was also a teenager boy once, so I knew what it was like to have a weird puberty body. I was weird looking. I had a huge head, and I kind of still do, but I had a growth spurt at like age 13, and I was skinny then and a little taller than most of the people in my class, but I had a mustache, so I was definitely one that stood out. But I also started to know back then that I was into girls, and I also liked the idea of dressing as one, so I don't know, it was a weird time. And this was the time before social media, so I can only imagine what that must feel like for teenagers and preteens growing up now. But I digress. Again, I think we need to learn to accept our bodies. And if we teach others to do that at a young age, I I think we would be better off as a society. And that's not an excuse to be content with our bodies. Again, with COVID, I've gained some weight, and that's no excuse to be lazy. And again, I'm working on losing a little weight, but I understand it's really hard (laughs) trying to lose weight at home because I used to love walking outside and going to the gym, but I also don't want COVID. So again, it's been quite a challenge. I'm sure you, the Cross Yas listener, have had your own set of challenges during this troubling time, but... I hope after COVID, we can get back to a healthy living lifestyle again. Yes, I should adapt to a changing world, but I'm telling you people, it's hard with COVID. And yes, again, that's no excuse, but it is quite easy to not do anything when you stay home. And again, it's weird because staying home is saving lives because I'm not exposing myself to COVID? I don't know.
1: I'm doing my part.
0: But to sum it all up, love your body, accept what makes you unique, and talk to someone if you need help, even if it's just me. Again, thank you everyone for listening. Stay tuned for Sierra to go over more into this topic with regards to gender dysphoria as a trans person. I also give you my Patreon pitch after that. And finally, Kirsten talks TikTok. Thanks again, guys. And it's now time for everyone's favorite segment, Sierra Says.
2: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Sierra Says. In this episode, Giselle spent considerable time talking about body dysmorphia, and I wanted to therefore spend time in my segment talking about a concept with which body dysmorphia is very frequently confused, and that is gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria and body dysmorphia are very often confused or equated when talking about the relationships that transgender people have with their bodies. I mean, let's face it, the words are similar, and both seem to be rooted in similar underpinnings, especially because a lot of transgender individuals find that they have discomfort with the appearance of their body. It is indeed very easy to equate them. And I would argue that part of the reason why I was able to suppress thoughts about my transgender identity for the longest time is that I conflated the two. And I wasn't able to draw a separation between how I felt about my gender identity and the fact that I was generally reasonably comfortable with my body and felt like I always saw it in a relatively realistic manner. So In this segment, I would like to draw a clear separation between these two terms, and then outline and discuss the ways in which the two can be so easily confused and conflated. Let's begin by talking first about what gender dysphoria is, since we've already spent a lot of time talking about body dysmorphia. I'd like to first start by mentioning several definitions for gender dysphoria that are currently used by those organizations in healthcare that are most concerned with diagnosing and treating gender dysphoria. WPATH, or the World Professional Association of Transgender Health, defines gender dysphoria as discomfort or distress that is caused by a discrepancy between a person's gender identity and that person's sex assigned at birth. and goes on to state that this can also be associated with primary or secondary sex characteristics and gender roles. This is from the WPATH Standards of Care The most recent version, version seven. The American Psychiatric Association defines gender dysphoria as a marked incongruence between one's experienced or expressed gender and assigned gender of at least six months duration. And they go on to list several criteria. And they say that in order for a diagnosis of gender dysphoria, at least two or more of these have to be present for six months. First would be a marked incongruence between one's experienced or expressed gender and primary or secondary sex characteristics. Second, is a strong desire to be rid of one's primary and or secondary sex characteristics because of a marked incongruence with one's experienced or expressed gender, then a strong desire for the primary and or secondary sex characteristics of the other gender, a strong desire to be of the other gender, a strong desire to be treated as the other gender, and finally a strong conviction that one has typical feelings and reactions of the other gender. And they also go on to state that gender dysphoria is often associated with experiencing distress or impairment in social situations, occupational situations, or other important areas of functioning, as they state. So these definitions reflect the current professional consensus regarding the understanding of gender dysphoria, but it's important to note also that there have been significant advancements in defining and depathologizing a transgender identity. What do I mean by that? Well, depathologizing essentially means taking something from being treated as a disorder and recognizing that that's not the case. So the current definition of gender dysphoria doesn't associate the condition of having gender dysphoria with being a mental disorder. There are several significant advancements that happened to ensure that this was the case. First, we had the release of that seventh version of the WPATH transgender uh, standards of care. And then in 2013, we saw the release of the DSM-5, or the Diagnostic Statistical Manual Version 5, which is kind of the Bible that is used in psychology and psychiatry. And in those two documents, the WPATH standards followed by DSM-5, Gender identity disorder was depathologized and renamed gender dysphoria. So there has been a general recognition among the professional psychological and psychiatric community that gender dysphoria is not a disorder or a mental illness, but simply a state of incongruence between the body and a person's gender identity. Body dysmorphia, on the other hand, is an anxiety disorder that is classified as a mental illness given that it represents a disconnect between the reality that people experience and then one's own interpretation or perception of one's own body. So that inconsistency between a person's interpretation of their body and the reality that others would see is what results in body dysmorphia being treated as a mental illness rather than a condition like gender dysphoria, which again is no longer pathologized. It's also very important to note that gender nonconformity is different from gender dysphoria. It is, of course, possible to express oneself or identify or behave in a manner that is not consistent with traditional expectations of gender roles that are reinforced so frequently by society, but dysphoria, as it's defined by DSM-5, refers to the discomfort that people experience when any of the characteristic feelings of dysphoria do arise, those, those criteria that I mentioned earlier. So given that there is such a clear distinction between gender dysphoria and body dysmorphia, why are the two so often conflated? In an essay published in Jezebel entitled Stop Confusing Gender Dysphoria with Body Dysmorphia Already, uh, published in 2014, author Kat Callahan says that this can be attributed to the physical dimensions of gender dysphoria. A major component of gender dysphoria for many people is actually sex dysphoria, which refers to an incongruence between a person's perceptions of themselves and their physical, primary, or secondary sex characteristics. So that means the way that someone would see themselves in their mind doesn't match up with the physical sex characteristics that they possess. And this I found very interesting because I think personally for many years I conflated the two. And I think I explained away or denied the fact that I was experiencing gender dysphoria by thinking about the fact that I never really experienced body dysmorphia. I never perceived my body in a way that didn't match with reality, and I was never in many ways dissatisfied with many things about my male appearance, even though I certainly always had a strong desire for many of the primary and secondary sex characteristics that are commonly associated with women. Ultimately, the distinction between the two, as Callahan argues, is that in cases of gender or sex dysphoria without body dysmorphia, there is not a disconnect when it comes to a transgender person interpreting reality. It's not that people with sex dysphoria don't see the reality of the sex characteristics they were assigned at birth. They see it, but it just doesn't fit their gender identity. And this is, of course, very, very, very different from a mental illness in which a person's ability to see their physical reality is impaired or compromised by anxiety or other similar conditions. And it's indeed very important to avoid conflating these two for many reasons. First of all, it's so important that we avoid pathologizing the experiences of transgender individuals and to recognize that gender dysphoria is not a mental illness. If we conflate the two, we risk viewing gender dysphoria as being in the same camp as an anxiety related disorder that does have. A recognized plan of treatment that does sometimes involve uh, psychotherapy as well as medication. Additionally, transgender people who experience dysphoria but may not know about the formal definition of dysphoria or may not know the distinction and might be tempted to just internally conflate these ideas that they have heard generally thrown around without really being able to draw a line between them might point to the fact that they don't have body dysmorphia as being a way of denying the fact that they might be experiencing gender dysphoria, which can lead to ongoing suppression of gender identity and denial. And finally, avoiding conflation of the two will help us to remember that body dysmorphia is a disorder in need of treatment apart from gender dysphoria. And this serves to emphasize the fact that some transgender people who experience both will still benefit from treatment of body dysmorphia aside from the fact that they're also experiencing gender dysphoria. And that's how Sierra sees it.
0: And now it's time for Giselle's Patreon pitch so for my patreon pitch this month that's on the website patreon.com forward slash c-r-o-s-s-y-a-a-s i just want to say a quick thank you to all the loyal patreon patrons we have and the list is growing thank you to rachel tanya megan chrissy joy barbara adelina sabrina mika and countless others who i think don't necessarily want their names revealed here but that's okay I'm just so thankful to have you all as our Patreon patrons, and I'm hopeful to have more support in the future. As for the month of November, well, we've got some good stuff here. First is the digital calligraphy print, which for a measly $3, you will get a special digital calligraphy print of a quote that says, When you've never felt like you really belong somewhere, it's almost impossible to know what it feels like to finally feel at home. Now that quote is from Sarah McBride's book, Tomorrow Will Be Different. Love, loss, and the fight for trans equality. Now, Sarah McBride is the transgender senator from Delaware and is the first ever elected transgender senator in United States history. Now, that quote is very dear to me because it's also applicable for the podcast as well, because I want the Cross Yas podcast to feel like home for other crossdressers, transgender people, and others who don't have a home to go to, especially in podcast form. So one of the many goals I have for the podcast is for people to listen and just relate. I'd hate for anyone to feel ostracized so if people listen and really enjoy it and keep coming back well i know i would have done my part so chip in three dollars if you guys would like a copy of that digital print and get access to all the previous month's digital prints for five dollars a month you get access to all the bonus kirsten's corners where we previously have talked about not safe for work topics like boobs female masturbation sex positions and this month we continue that nsfw trend that not safe for work trend with this month where we will talk about periods.
2: Oh, Jesus. Gross.
0: Yep, periods, menstruation, OnFlow's monthly visit, and whatever you like to call it. Well, we'll go over all that good stuff in this month's bonus, Kirsten's Corner. So chip in that $5 a month if you guys want to listen to that. I also have bonus episodes up there of myself, and this month I want to do a special bonus episode on transgender porn. So if you want to hear me talk about that, it's only exclusive to Patreon patrons, and it's a tiny $5 a month. So go to patreon.com forward slash c-r-o-s-s-y-a-a-s. There's also free episodes up there on our Patreon, so check those out as well. And finally, if you're new to Patreon, for $10 a month, you can get everything you've heard me talk about previously. The digital calligraphy print, the bonus Kirsten's Corners episodes, my bonus episodes, and also the creme de la creme, the cherry on top, the piece de resistance. You get to hear my fiancé Kirsten sing an empowerment song of the month where she covers a song that empowers you, the Cross Yas listener. And the song she chose this month is the 1998 hit song, Thank You, by Dido. I want to thank you for me my life. Here on the podcast, we wanted to thank you, the Cross Yas listener. And this goes along with the Thanksgiving theme for November. We want to send a song out that gives you thanks. I'll have Kirsten talk about more about why she chose the song for the song of the month and a future episode later this month, so stay tuned for that. That's all for my Patreon pitch, so check that out, patreon.com forward slash c-r-o-s-s-y-a-a-s. So check that out, everyone. And now, next up is Kirsten's Corner, and she talks about the famous app that almost got banned here in the United States, TikTok. Enjoy. Enjoy. now it's time for
1: kirsten's yeah, corner
0: in this week's episode of kirsten's corner
1: kirsten's corner they i haven't done it in a long time
0: yeah you haven't done it in a while okay wow let's talk about your favorite app tiktok
1: oh guys
0: <laughs> why did you download tiktok uh, why have you been on it for so long and why is it such a time suck for you guys I'm
1: on TikTok right now as we speak just kidding I'm not I'm replying to an Instagram message I'm sorry okay full attention um, guys so I was uh, let's talk about this is, you know what this story is really about for me is it's about quarantine you know, TikTok was a thing for, I don't know, how t- tell me, you can insert your voice here, how long TikTok has been like an active app. I don't know. It's probably been years or year. I don't know. I'm
0: not sure, actually. It's been it's a while. But it's definitely,
1: to me, if you were to ask me a year ago or at the beginning of quarantine or whatever and say, hey, Kirsten, what, what's TikTok? I'm like, oh, I don't know, some, 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 some some zillennial, some, you know, or Gen Z, some shit, I don't know. And then I would definitely say I'm too old for that shit, you know. And again, this is me being ignorant and being a hater because you know what? Let's get even deeper, guys. So I'm jealous sometimes, you know, like people be getting famous off of TikToks, off of YouTube, off of being quote influencers and you know sometimes i say if i was born however many years ago or later or if i really wanted to like push you know singing or calligraphy or whatever it is like i could have done that that could have been me you know and like low-key hating because i'm jealous you know
0: okay okay first off let's bring it back what is tiktok oh shit my bad i'm already i'm already deep in like if i like if i didn't know what a tiktok was like i'm a 50 year old 60 uh, year old Oh, uh, see i
1: can't like... be like you know vine yeah. it's like vine but yeah. longer um tick i don't know what the like the the historical why it's called tick tock right, maybe but... i don't know if it has a if it has to do with like the time aspect of it but pretty much they're it, they're short videos that people upload um they're anywhere up to i think a minute long Cor- i don't know I don't you know have to correct or... me if i'm wrong um and, and you can add, I think it initially started as an app where you can like lip sync to stuff. So you would put like music and then you would record something to it. It could be a dance. It could be lip singing. It could be talking, whatever. And then, of course, it's, it's evolved into what it is now, which is, you know, people are on TikTok and they're TikTok stars or they're just regular people who make videos about whatever, you know, whatever they want. Like, well, OK, so. Okay, so let me just say, can I go back to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so now again? This is my my perspective is I'm I'm above it. I'm above it all. Mm -hmm, I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't care. And then also secretly jealous because Mm -hmm. it's like, ooh, I'm not young. I don't get it. I don't want to get it. You Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. I'm definitely the person that's like, curse. You should watch this. You should read this. You should do this. I'm like, no. You know, everyone's doing it. I don't need to do it. Like that's fine. Let it be for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that Beyonce's lemonade, guys. I mm-hmm. everyone told me how much I love Beyonce's lemonade. And you know what to this day? I don't know. Because like when people try to shove something down my throat, hey, you know. Hey, okay. Wow. Stop. But wow. when people try to do stuff like that, like it makes me want to rebel, you know? Like, mm-hmm. do you keep doing this? Like I don't want to do it, you know? Like Peloton. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> okay, we're on another different yeah, subject. Different yeah, subject. Yeah. Okay, so that's where I was. Uh up until what like a month a month
0: ago so i think it started with trump right
1: yeah so about a month ago so okay still still so like a couple of my friends have either joined tiktok have made tiktok with their kids have done tiktoks of like diys or like their pets whatever like that's all cool like on that's that's for them and Mm -hmm. at the point at that time i was like it's not for me guys i don't need it you know (laughs) and then trump there's like, there's, I I never paid too much attention because one, it's Trump. I don't care. I mean, I care, but I try not to yeah. inundate myself with all of it. Politics, yeah. Um, especially the stuff I don't know that much about. So then when it was like Trump and TikTok, I was like, okay, I'm out. You know, like, mm. I don't know. And then, but then Trump's like, I'm going to ban people from downloading TikTok. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck this guy. I'm going to download TikTok, <laughs> right? So I downloaded it and I just downloaded it to have it so that, if, if for whatever reason in the future, I could have the assurance that I could still have an account. Mm-hmm. But then I, I think the weekend I downloaded it, I didn't even go on it. Or I think I went on it and I was like, oh, I don't know. And I just closed it. Then maybe like a week or so later, I was like, let's see what this is about. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, I think I was on that first night for like an hour. Mm. Damn, that shit's fire, guys. I mean, like... <laughs> I don't even know how, like, the first thing that, like, I noticed is that it really just kind of knows what you want to look at. And, like, mm. and for some reason, I got onto a video about a girl who who was redoing her van to be where she lives. And it was like a van makeover. And then I was like, ooh, I'm really interested in the story. <laughs> and then like I'm going on her profile. Then I'm following other people's profiles. Then I, I, a few of my friends, again, not a lot because I, I think it is geared more towards people who are either on the influencer side or on the Gen Z side of it. But I, a few of, of my friends that I do follow, I kind of just look through who they follow and mm-hmm. kind of click those and then look at the, the minimal people on my Instagram that have TikToks, like um, Bretman Rock, who, of course, you know I love, or like some singers that I like, I, I follow them on there. But now, like, guys, I have to, like, limit myself for how much time because, like, you know, I, I love to have some time to wind down before I go to sleep. So let's say... You know, we we want to go to sleep at. I want to be ideally be asleep before midnight, like between like eleven, sometime between after eleven before mm-hmm. midnight. Mm-hmm. But then, like if I start TikTok at like ten thirty for some, or if I get into bed at ten, I'm like, oh, I can have some time to read or <laughs> watch something on my phone. Like, dude, I'll be on TikTok for like two hours, what? an hour at least.
0: Why is it so addicting? What makes it? What's the appeal? Because people. Can say that like, oh, I'm on Instagram stories and I can watch like three or four and I'm like, I'm over this. Here's
1: the thing about Instagram now is Mm -hmm. that Instagram, because it's been an app for almost 10 years, it's really changed, you know, like there's so much, you know, and and I'm all for the political stuff and learning and about seeing updates from my friends. Mm -hmm. But now, like, I kind of need a break from it because like, Mm. I think I, I liken TikTok to Twitter, you know okay. like i see some funny shit i i read about funny things in in little bites and i can easily easily get lost in it get lost in the sauce because like you know mm. looking at comments for 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 Twitter I can look through different threads on TikTok like I click one and and there's this thing where you can duet with somebody where like let's mm. say if I make a video of me singing something then someone can duet that video of singing with me you know mm. so there's also like reactions and stuff so then I, I'll go to the original video then I'm like oh they also posted this, you know, it's just really never ending. But the reason I feel like sometimes like TikTok versus Instagram is because I don't know a lot of these people personally. So I think mm. it's it's kind of a nice escape. Um, and there's some useful stuff like I, a lot of like tips on, you know, stuff you need to get like makeup mm-hmm. tips, food tips, cooking tips, uh singing tips you know like I know that you'll hear me like singing in the middle of the day because I'm like looking at a TikTok and I'm like trying to do a riff and I just try to copy and you know I don't have any TikToks myself because I feel like that's the line I cannot cross like I've recorded them and then just sent them to my friends privately like being silly but I don't think it's a goal in life To wanna, I mean, you know. Actually, to be honest, it's more of like I don't want to be judged for having a TikTok, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, guys. Judge
0: like why? What like like? Okay, so
1: now, you know, like I, as you guys know, obviously I like to sing because I have all these cursors covers, you know. But um, that I do that for you because I love you and I love all y'all. I I don't know. I think I'm I'm really. I always try to. This is a different subject. This is has to do more with just like my how I feel about things. But I think I I always want to toe the line of self promotion. You know, mm. um, I don't want ever. I don't ever. I I don't know if that's the Filipino in me. If that's the Catholic in me. Mm-hmm. If it's the whatever a female in me i don't mm -hmm. know it could be a count it could be it's cross it's cross-sectional you know Mm -hmm. it's intersecting intersectional Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that i don't ever want to come off as showing off and being boastful you know and like also a part of it's like I don't think people give a shit about whatever I'm doing which is fine like mm-hmm. if I want someone to hear me sing or if I want to do some dumb riff I'm going to do that dumb riff to you yep, you know yep, all time. this is again 100% not a knock on people who do that you know who mm-hmm. who do self promote because you know what like it's I think for some people like they got to do it it's their hustle for me it's not you know mm-hmm. I think that's also like where it comes for me is that like I, I have my I, I'm lucky I'm to have my steady job and have that be my main support um and all the other stuff i do is on the side for fun you know um like all the music music that i make is for fun and it's you know mm-hmm. so i don't know like yeah it's i don't even know what your original question was what's tiktok damn it's addicting.
0: So do you see TikTok lasting like Vine didn't last? Like, why didn't Vine last? Um, but TikTok? I don't
1: know why Vine didn't last. I don't think it's because Vine didn't work. I think there was probably I think the reason Vine didn't last was a business decision. Mm. Um, do you uh, think TikTok will? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, like all things like uh, like, like do Facebook, people still use Facebook? Snapchat. I, I think, think so. A I think, lot of kids do. Yeah. yeah. I think Snapchat's for like the DMs, like the, like the, like the, nasty yeah, yeah, the, shit. The, the, the Snapchat.
0: Yeah. Uh, what are the, the nude ones? The Snap, like special snaps
1: or something? Ew, I, don't I don't know. I don't whatever know. See, called. that's, that's how old we are. I don't so. know. Dude, I There's know. this gay couple on TikTok. Oh, yeah. I, was I was gonna love ask, them. Who are your favorite TikTok? Okay. Hold on. Uh, okay. Like, so who should I
0: follow and why should okay, I follow them?
1: Okay. Uh, I love Chris Olson and what's his boyfriend's name? Hold on.
0: I don't know you're on TikTok more than I I have
1: to I have to mute it though because that's the thing is you can't like it's so loud hold on let's mute um let's look what I follow Ooh, an easy candle hack see guys can I just like this so that I can look at it later okay hold on um following I think it's Chris Olson and his boyfriend is Ian something hold on Ian, hold on, hold on. Ian pa- pa- Paget, Paget, Paget.
0: <laughs> Excuse
1: me. What's his last name? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Um
0: Paget?
1: Paget. Oh, Paget. Wow. He's friend, he's he's fancy. Uh I love them because they you know a lot of there's a lot of couple TikToks and mm-hmm. they, there's like I guess trends or, you know, like pranks that people yeah, play yeah. on their spouse or significant other or whatever. So those are just funny. So I really like them. Um I really like at it's the Scots. They're a fa- they're a family and they have two kids and they're just so cute and they play pranks on each other. Um, and then those are like the two that I, I get excited about when they post stuff. Mm-hmm. But the thing also is because since I'm late to the game, I think it's easy for me to get caught up mm. and like look at stuff because I'm trying to catch up. Got it. You know, Um i miss out on how many how a year or so of tiktoks mm-hmm. so i'm like and with still, quarantine
0: people are making more and more yeah TikTok. are they called is it called a tiktok like if i make a tiktok video is it called I, a tiktok no, video no don't ask me don't ask me i'm <laughs> like i don't know i'm so old I'm a like,
1: post i don't know i don't know guys like, you know, instagram story you made a i story. think it's just a video
0: you made a tiktok video
1: yeah guys i don't know yeah. at let me see if there's anyone else i really like um yeah, those are like the people that I followed. Um, oh, Gray and Mama. They're a big one. Oh, yeah. So Gray's that little Asian baby that goes, mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Mama. Oh, my gosh. She's so cute. cute. Um, I mean, like, and then there's a, pe- a few people who I follow because I follow them on social media, like JT First Man or mm-hmm. uh, I'm Drew Scott. It. Uh, who else do I follow? I just, you guys, I'm into it. You know, I just feel like, if you were hate if you were a person who hated on tiktok and made it seem like it's just for the young kids yeah i mean it's not you're not wrong but that doesn't mean you can't find something interesting on there or funny like i i've seen so many videos that are so funny <laughs> yeah. and that are just like really relatable so um do
0: you recommend I like guess, final question tiktok to people i don't know to people like who do you recommend tiktok for like for everyone for young people for old people
1: I don't know about how old I would recommend it for um just because I don't want it to turn into like a Facebook situation yeah. like I'll just die if my mom's like curse look at this tick tock you know <laughs> actually it'd be more right curse how do you uh how do you look at this uh TikTok? tock tick tick tock tick 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 but you know like it's like Facebook you know?
0: stories don't like old people like they post like,
1: I've I, I don't look at Facebook uh, stories yeah
0: yeah. But Instagram stories post on Facebook. I don't know. Whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, but I don't go to my Facebook stories. No. Well, you guys, honestly, let's just like I wish I could just stop stop Facebook. (laughs)
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's Kirsten's Corner on TikTok. I hope
1: you enjoy your TikTok journey. You can follow me at Ludacurse, but I don't even have any TikToks. But, you know, if you do, I'd love to follow you. All right. Bye.
0: That's Kirsten's Corner.
1: Kirsten's Corner.
0: And finally, the miscellany.
1: Yes!
0: And that's all for this episode, everyone. Hope you found the episode informative and fun. In this episode, I gave you my spiel on body dysmorphia. Sierra talked about how body dysmorphia affects her gender dysphoria as a trans person. I gave you my Patreon pitch for the month of November. And you heard Kirsten talk about the annoying new app, TikTok. Hope you loved the episode. I neglected to mention the question of the month for November, which is... Something you all can answer and the question of the month is still, what are you thankful for and why? Email me your answer, giselle at crossyaspodcast.com, tweet me at CrossYas or DM me your answer on Instagram at crossyaspodcast. I'm looking forward to hearing from you all. I thank you again for your support. You're all incredibly human beings and I wouldn't be here without you. We've got the second part of My Curious Conversations with Veronica coming up this Saturday, November 21st, so if you enjoyed part one you'll totally find part two just as exciting but that's all for this week have a great rest of your week and please know that i love you and as always keep it fresh stay blessed and remember you're gorgeous again guys i'm not here to diagnose or treat anything i'm just here to share my story have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more.